to be finishing the series on the mysteries and patterns of the kingdom. And I want to, the, the way the Holy Spirit deals with me, I always want to be sure if it's just for me. Because even as a pastor, as I study, I have to know what the Lord is giving me as an individual for me. And what he's giving me for me and the church. And this is one message that he did it in such a way. Today's uh, title is The Mysteries and Patterns of Open Doors. The way this message came was kind of funny because I was actually working on the mysteries and patterns of overcoming. But on Saturday last week, we had the women's uh, Christmas party. And one of our beautiful ladies here couldn't make it because she locked herself out of her car. And I got home, and that same day I locked myself out of my house. I went to the garage. We have a refrigerator in the garage, and I went to get something, and I locked myself out. Our garage door is, is kind of funny, and I think Essie has my spare key that is always under the carpet, and I remembered, oh, my God, the key is not there. And I wasn't dressed to even go to the neighbor. I didn't have my phone, and I don't have any of my children's phones memorized. It's only my husband's phone I have memorized, and of course it's not here. So I just stood at the door right there. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm not dressed to go to the neighbor's house. Even if I go, what am I going to tell him? So I started going around. In the garage there, we have these um, like um, tools, yeah. So I started using those. It didn't work. We had a hanger. I took the hanger, tried to use it as a pick. It didn't work. And I was there, and my little puppy was yapping. She's worried about what's going on with the door. She can't see me, and I'm like, oh, my God. Then I went through all the doors, and I was, the front door, I just opened it, and it was open. And I'm like, how does this happen? If you know me, I don't sleep at night without going through my house, making sure the doors are locked. And I'm like, how did this door get open? So I stood there for a little while. And I said, Lord, you did this. So I said, I like. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then it just hit me. Close doors and open doors. I was like, oh, okay, Lord. You didn't have to do it so drastic. <laughs> so that's what got me into this message. And I believe it's really, really important. This is probably the, the message that if you take it to heart... And if you follow what God is telling you today, you are going to have so many breakthroughs and so many open doors for you beginning today. Because today I will talk about what doors mean in the spirit. The kinds of doors that we have that every one of you will recognize that you are standing in front of right now. And then we are going to talk about the actors, if we have time, the actors of every door that is facing you, that, uh, that you will ever face. And then we are going to talk about the forces that open doors for us. Amen? So what are doors in the spirit? You all know that in your house you probably have several doors. In this place here we have several doors. And a door takes you from one, it's a transition. When you are going from one place to another... It's usually a door you have to pass through. You're going from the kitchen to your bedroom, you go through a door. It's another dimension. You are going from your kitchen to your dining room, your former dining, you go through a door. It's another dimension. You are going from your garage to inside your house, you go through a door. You go into your house, you go through the door, the front door. 
It's the same way in the spirit. Every level you go to, every dimension of your life, you have to pass through a spiritual door. And so for us as believers, I don't want us, one thing I pray for a lot is God, don't let us be Christians who just shadow box. You just shadow box, you are not following a principle, you are not following a pattern, you don't have a key, you are walking, you don't understand the mysteries of the kingdom, you are saved. But the life of Christ is not evident in your life because you don't know the principles of the kingdom or you know them, but you are not working them. For example, if I have problems with my finances, do I just keep complaining about it, keep making the same mistakes as a believer, or I take advantage of what God has given to me and apply those principles patiently? Things of the kingdom are not like McDonald's, that you go in there and you get your thing and you drive off. No. The things of the kingdom, you have to be patient with it. You have to walk the principle. You have to know the key. The key that will come into, that I used to go into my front door is not the key I'm going to use to go into my bedroom. If you come into this church now, the front door key, we have master keys now, but generally we all have a bunch of keys. One key opens another one thing, another key opens another thing. It's the same thing in the spirit. You cannot use the key for, for example, recovery or overcoming. You cannot use that same key for your finances. You cannot use the key for your finances for, the, for relationships. You cannot use the keys for relationships for physical health. So as a believer, it's for you to know, okay, what door is standing before me right now? And what key do I need to open that door? Just like you do in the physical. What key do I need? And tell yourself, I'm going to find that key and use the principles that come with that key to make sure I open that door. That is how I want us to operate as Christians. You don't just put all the tools in the box, all the keys, and you don't know what key you're using. If I ask all of us here now, if I say, okay, what are you working? What key? What principle, what mystery in your life are you working right now? Okay, you have problems with your finances. You are in debt. You have credit card bills. What are you doing spiritually to come out of it? You have relationships. You can't get along with anybody. Everybody sees you go the opposite way. What is the key that you need to change that? So that's how I, I want us to see this. It's very important as believers that at every time, because God doesn't want us to stay at the same spot. The Bible says here that we're supposed to go from glory to glory in uh, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. It says the path of the righteous is like the light of the dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory. So if you start as a believer, you have this amount of light and this amount of glory. As you mature in your faith, you should get more glory, you should get more light, and you should get more understanding. And it should be seen in the way we live. Amen? And in Psalm 84 verse 7, it says, They go from strength to strength, each one that appears before God in Zion. This, the church is the Zion. When you talk, you see about, or hear about, or read about Zion in the scriptures, it's talking about church. It's saying that if you come to church, you should go from strength to strength. The strength you had in 2022, 
should be more in 2023. And as we go into 2024, you should have even more strength because you are applying principles, you are understanding mysteries, you are seeing patterns and you are fitting yourself into the pattern because God does new things, but there are some things with God that he doesn't do new. God sets the pattern in place, he puts the key in place, and it's up to us to work it. Amen? So those are doors. So what kinds of doors do we have? Every one of us now, we have one or two of these doors in front of you. The first one is the door of opportunity. The door of opportunity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Paul speaking, he says, When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened to me a door of opportunity. And it's the same thing with us. Some of us now are in, a, in front of doors that behind that door, if you step in and walk through that door, there are boundless opportunities, boundless things that God has for you, but you have to walk through the door. And typically, doors of opportunity are the most difficult to walk through because the enemy is going to come because you are not sure what's on the other side of it. And some of those doors you can't go through because they are very narrow. You have to let go of some things. And so you are looking at what you are carrying. And you are saying, if I let go of this, I'm not sure what's behind that door. God is telling me to go back to school. God is telling me to look for a better job. But this one I have... I'm comfortable here now. I'm not sure if I take that step of faith and go through that door, what is there for me. And that's where a lot of us believers are. We are not willing to take the risk of crossing that threshold and seeing what God has for us. There are a lot of people looking at me now. You know the ministries God has called you to. A lot of people here, you know what God has been telling you to do year in and year out. But the comfort of being in one side of the room, not knowing what is behind the the door, has paralyzed a lot of people. And so they can't take the step and cross over and open that door and see the boundless opportunities that are there. No door, most doors of opportunities are never, never just easy. You, You just don't breeze through, no. You don't, because I will come to that. There are strong men at each door, especially if it's open for you by the Lord. There are strong men that are at that door. There are actors. Every door has actors. And so when you have a door that's of opportunity open to you, you have to realize that when you are just scared and you're just paralyzed, it, that is not of God. That is not of God. And you need to step in faith and cross that door. Go back to school. Get that business started. Make that phone call. Start that exercise part thing you want to do. Do it. And then when you're on the other side of it and you see the opportunities that God will open for you, you'll be glad you did. You'll be really glad you did. And then we have doors of opposition. This is where the enemy... It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, Paul speaking again. He says, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, there are many, not just one, not just a few, there are many who oppose me. So there are opposing forces, principalities and powers. 
that want to make sure you stay in the same spot and you never cross the doors that God puts in front of you. Then this one is the one that is big, doors of stagnation. Where the same thing, the same talk you've been, we've been talking 10 years ago is still the same thing. One spot, no progress, you, know, you are not even moving back, you are not moving forward. This happened with the Israelites in the, in, the, in the wilderness. What was supposed to take them a few days took them 40 years. And God told them in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. He says, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. And I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody today. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and cross that threshold and go into the next phase of your life. That is a prophetic word. Somebody here today, I know that God is telling you that. I highlighted that you have stayed at this mountain long enough. You're not supposed to stay in the wilderness. It wasn't meant for 40 years. We talk about wilderness experience, wilderness experience. You talked about it last year. I talked about mine two years ago. Am I still there? That's not the will of God for you to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. What is the plan? What is the principle? What is the key for you to go through that door? And then this one is door of protection. I know God has done this for me so many times. In Genesis chapter 7 verse 16, it says, Then those who entered... Talking about Noah, says those that entered the ark, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed the door behind him. Young people, listen to me. This, when I was meditating on this scripture, the young people came to me. Let me tell you something. If you are in a relationship, as you get older, those that are younger, or if you are in the age of getting into a relationship, if God closes the door of a relationship to you, you better just walk away from that relationship. If you budge and go back, marriage. Once you get married, 95%, studies have shown, 95% of your contentment in life, your joy in life, the way you, you, you operate, 95% of it is dependent on the spouse you marry. You can be the happiest person and you marry the wrong person. 95% of your life, you're going to be miserable. So for young people, it's very crucial. They might be as fine as, who is the finest person? I don't know how, which one you are used. They have some slangs they use. They might be as whatever. Marry a godly person. A godly man, a godly woman. Because if God closes a door of a relationship, you carry your things and you move on. Amen? Amen. That was a word for young people. And so God will close doors sometimes to protect you. And what normally happens is you, that you fight him, you're mad at him, and then two, three years later you see what he did, and you're like, oh my God. I thought about that because there was somebody that was trying to make me marry him way back then. And I thought it was the right person until I met my husband. And I was like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. So that's why I wanted to, the young people know that. It's very important that you let God 
close some doors for you. For you. So now, and then the last, the last kind of door, there are many kinds of doors, but these are the five ones that I wanted to bring. The last one here is the door of sin. The door of sin. Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And when sin is lying at the door, look at what he's trying to do. And his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So there are some doors a lot of us are in front of, door of pornography. Oh, the enemy tells you, open that door, open that door, look at those things, follow those things. And then you open those doors and it destroys not only your life, whoever you marry, it destroys your relationships. That is not a door. Any door of sin, don't dare open it. Because behind those doors, there are things you don't want in your life. And some things, once you open the door, you cannot close them back. There are some things you see, you cannot unsee them. There are some things you say, you can't take the word back and put it inside your mouth. You've released some things in the atmosphere and you are, you're going to pay the price, except God has mercy on us. So the, the door of sin, every one of us here, be careful that you don't open that over your life or your family life. Amen? Amen? Now, the main actors at the door is God, of course. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. So God for us believers is God's will, and God always will have many doors for us. We want to open a lot of doors for us and thank God for that. And the reason he does that is to take us again, like I said, from glory to glory and from strength to strength. And then, of course, you have the devil who is also at every door. So every door you meet, you are going to have these people at the door. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, it says, do not give the devil a foothold. So that told me something, that when the devil comes, he usually will not just budge in. He will want you to do a little opening, just a little for him to have his foot right there. And that is enough for him. A little foothold is what he requires. And so that's why he, he, the Bible calls him very crafty, cunning. If he wants to put this on your head, he's not just going to come and do that. Because you will see it and take it off. But he will start by taking a little piece. He will put it there. You might not see it. Then he brings another piece. And before you know it, this whole thing is on your head and you're wondering how did it happen. That's the way the enemy works. He takes a little foothold and that's why we must, he's crafty. The Bible calls it the wiles, that's what the Bible calls it. He says the wiles of the enemy, the craftiness, corniness. He's not going to just come, I mean, the end, he will appear as an angel of light. But behind that, he's a ravening wolf trying to destroy you. And so for us that have the Spirit of God, it's for us to be able to discern. Is this really of God? If it looks too good, if is it of God? Yeah, it can be God if it looks good. But before you make any step and cross any door, make sure you have found every scripture. It must line up with scripture. 
If you are not sure, find somebody who you, that you can talk to that is spiritually strong, that can help you discern whether it's good or not. Because God is going to be putting, or the enemy this time rather, is going to be wanting to have a foothold in our lives in 2024. We have said that 2024 is a year of manifestations. Different things that you've been wanting God to do for you. Different doors that you've been wanting God to open. But you too have to be very careful that you're not allowing the enemy to open doors as well. Amen? Amen. And then we have doorkeepers. This is also very important. Because there are some doors you cannot open yourself. If I come to Tina's house right now, I will knock at her door and I will say, Tina... I'm here, open the door for me to come in. I don't have a key to go into her house. And so it's up to Tina to decide if she's going to open the door for me or not. It's the same way. Doorkeepers are two kinds. Men are doorkeepers. And those are also called destiny helpers. Those are the people that will open doors for you to go to the places you cannot on your own typically go in. And so you must be careful how you treat people. Don't ever, they say burn your bridges. Don't burn your bridges. And you don't be somebody that, somebody does good for you and you repay them evil because you don't know when you are going to need them to open the door for you. And you yourself, be kind to everybody. Don't think this person is too little. Don't think this person is too big. It was a little slave girl that helped Naaman. That talks sense into him that he was able to open the door and go and get his healing. Don't look down on anybody, please. Because God will always send angels to you to open doors for you and they don't look like angels. So be very careful how you treat people. You're very careful because God blesses people, God blesses men, but he uses men. God will not start pouring down promotion, pouring down a good job, whatever. He will, but he's going to use a man. So men are gatekeepers. Men are doorkeepers. So the way you treat men, the way you treat your employees, the way you treat your employer, the way you treat even the person you met at the grocery store is very important because just the conversation can lead them to open the door for you. So we have the gatekeepers or the doorkeepers. It's called the ministry of men. Even Jesus, even Jesus had to have that. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. You should have stopped there. He said increase in favor with men also. So as we are increasing in favor with God, in wisdom with God, it should be the same with men. Don't be the person that's like a cancer everywhere you go. Nobody wants to be around you. Love people. Be open. Smile. Amen? Now, also we have spiritual dog keepers. Parents, listen to me. That's who you are for your children. You are a spiritual dog keeper for your children. You have to decide what comes into your family and what you will not allow into your family. And let me give you also a, 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 a warning here. What your children, what our children are facing out there, you all don't, you don't know. 
These children as young as four and five are going through things that we in our 30s or 20s didn't have to go through. You can have your child teach your child the ways of God at home and they go to school and the enemy targets your child because he knows what you're putting in that child. He will bring another child who is four or five years and say, look, look, do you see this on the phone? And that's what it takes to get your child hooked on pornography at the age of five. At the age of six. I know what I'm talking about. So parents, you are a doorkeeper in your home. You are a gatekeeper in your home. Set things in place to monitor your children. If they have to have a phone, look through their phone once in a while. If you have to have the phone, look for things to put in their phone that they cannot override to go into some websites. Please. Because a child that has to deal with those things at the age 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, is, it takes the grace of God. And parents that are very, very spiritually astute to help those children. So if you have children here and they have phones, in the night take the phones from them and leave it in your room. Don't let them sleep with the phone at night. And occasionally, there's something called covenant eyes. Install it in your child's phone. They cannot override it to go anywhere. Look through what they are doing. It's very important. We have to be separate. The Bible says it clearly. We are not of this world. We cannot do things the, world, the way the world is doing it. So of these children, you don't like me anymore, but that's what we need to do for you. I see that one just squeezing her face. Yes. Mommy, take the phone from her, 9 or 7 o'clock, and keep it in your room. You will love me later in life, I promise you. Amen. So that's very important. You are the doorkeeper, mom, dad. You are the doorkeeper. You are the priest in your home. You are supposed to do what Jesus does to protect us. It's the same thing you do for your children. Amen. So now let's go to the one that we really wanted to go. How to open closed doors. How to open. You open closed doors three ways. Just like in the natural. You open closed doors with a key. You open closed doors by knocking. And then there's supernatural force. If my, if my door wasn't open that day, I mean, I don't know, I think it was a miracle, I would have gone into my, that garage and tried to use my leg to break that door because I wasn't going to go anywhere the way I was dressed. So there are three ways you can open a door. You can use keys, you can knock, and you can break that door down. So that's what we're going to look at. How do we open doors? The first one is keys. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 7, it says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, this thing say, says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. That key of David, I'm finding out that's a whole series. That's a beautiful thing. The key of David, he who opens and no one can shut and shut and no one opens. So it says it very clearly here. That there are some doors, it's only a key that will open it. And when it's talking about key, what is it, what is it talking about key in the key, in the spirit? Are we talking about a physical key? What is a key in the spirit? It's very important that we understand this. Because the Bible also says in Matthew 16 verse 19, Jesus speaking. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about physical keys. But there are keys in the kingdom of heaven, which tells me and tells you 
There are some things in the kingdom of heaven that if you don't have the key to open it, you will not experience it. So it's for us then to find those keys. What are those keys that he's talking about? The most important key that Jesus is talking about is the key of knowledge. The key of knowledge. The key of the light. I call it the light key. Because if you don't have knowledge, the the Bible is clear. It says my people perish for lack of knowledge. It says in all your getting, in all your studying of the scriptures, in all your church attending, in all your singing and praise, it says in all your getting, get understanding. Get knowledge. Because ignorance is what is stealing from Christians more than anything. Not the devil. We can say the devil, the devil, the devil. Sometimes we blame him and it's like me. I never even did that. It is our ignorance, unfortunately. We don't know the keys to use. We are not, we are not searching the scriptures. Say the Berean Christians, God, God praise them. He says because they know how to search scriptures. Like I said, next year, right now, start thinking what are the keys I need in 2024? What areas of my life do I need those open to me so that I can look? What key do I need? The first key is the key of knowledge. Amen? The key of knowledge. Without knowledge, you cannot do anything. If you don't know what the scripture says, and if you don't know how to apply it, you are not going to grow as a Christian. That's just the truth. If only on Sunday mornings when you open your Bible, you don't study. We did something with the women. I you know, showed them, this is what I do to study. Blue letter Bible on your phone. Put it on your phone. You can take one verse and be in one verse for one week. If we have to be students of the word. Please, it's important. The, life, the, the years we are going into, if you don't know the scriptures, if you don't, you're going to fall away. You have to know who you are in God and you have to know who God is. In Luke chapter 11 verse 52, Jesus speaking. He says, what are you lawyers? He says, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't enter yourselves and those who are trying to enter you hinder. And that's talking to leaders. I mean, if, if you're a leader, a spiritual leader, take time to study the word. Take time to study the word. Because if you take the key of knowledge from God's people, you can say Jesus says woe to that person. We must know the word. Jesus wept twice in the scriptures. Two times. The first time he cried and wept was over Lazarus. And out of compassion. That was out of compassion. The second time Jesus wept was because of the ignorance of the people in Jerusalem. The two times he wept. That tells you how important knowledge is and how God wants us to do things. So what do we know about different things in in the Bible like overcoming, recovery, restoration? I put them here, deliverance, because these are the things a lot of us have doors that we need to open. So what are the keys you are going to use for your finances? What are the keys you are going to use to overcome? What are the keys you are going to use to recover what you've lost? What are the keys you are going to have to to, to get that door of restoration open to you? If you are dealing with things, you need deliverance. What keys are you willing to apply? Are you learning to apply? 
I want to, I saw a scripture here. I want, I want to, to show you something here. This was really, uh, kind of frightening. In Genesis chapter 19, verses 10 to 11, God sent two angels to Sodom to get Lot and his family out. And when those two men, those two angels as men, they went as men, got there, the people of Sodom were in so much sin, they wanted to have carnal relationships with those men. And they went into Lot's house and they were saying, bring those two men out. We need, we, we need them. And that one went out and said, you know what? These are visitors. These are strangers. We can't do that to them. Let me give you my own virgin daughters. And they were like, no, pressing against the door. And that's where this, it picks up where I'm reading now. It says, but the men reached out their hands, as the angels now, reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. Listen to this, verse 11. It says, and they, were, and they struck the men who were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Those men, their physical eyes were open. But the Lord struck their spiritual eyes with blindness. That was scary to me because that told me that there are some people that you see them, they have eyes, physical eyes, but in reality, they are blind. And my thing is, let that not be any one of you sitting here in front of me. Let it not be to the point that you've because sin can cause some things in our lives. Lack of consecration to the Lord can cause, it's like scarring where you don't feel as much anymore. And so the Holy Spirit has tried and tried to make you as an individual, me as an individual. Say, okay, this thing you're doing is not good. And then the Bible calls it a searing of conscience. It says when your conscience is seared, that means things don't, you are no longer, no conscience again when you do that thing. So maybe when you started, maybe you told a little lie and you felt so bad. And you went and, and, and asked God for forgiveness. And then you told the lie again and it, mm, no big deal, it's just a white lie. And then you continue and you continue. A time will come, your conscience for lying is seared. And so you can lie and it doesn't even bother you. Those are the people that are at risk of having been, been struck with blindness. Where you can be before a door, you don't even see it anymore. And that is a dangerous place to be as a believer. So please, when you have something God reveals, the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, make sure you maintain a clear and a sensitive conscience before the Lord. Amen? I wanted to bring that in so that we can talk about being blind even though you can see. We don't want that. We are praying in this church for God to give us seeing eyes. When I pray for every man, every woman in this church, every boy, every girl, I pray that God will give us seeing eyes, eyes that can see, ears that can hear, a heart that can understand the things of God. Amen? And then Ephesians 4a talks about having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Now we are talking about the first key, the first power, the first force that can open the door, being that knowledge is the most important thing as a believer you must have. And so ignorance is saying here, we alienate you from everything God has for you. And we don't want that. Amen? Now, we talked about knowledge as the first key. The second key is knocking. 
or the second way, the second force to open a door is knocking. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. He says, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and then listens, say to him who knocks, it will be opened. So if you knock, it's because you don't have the key. So if I knock again, if I come to Tina's house and I knock, it's because I don't have the key. Tina will have to open that key, that door for me. But let's see what the Bible says. Jesus gave us a parable that will tell us the secret when you knock. How do you knock? What do you knock with? Are you just going to use your hand? How do you use your hand in the spirit to knock? We are going to go there. Let's look at the story of the man whose friend came to him at midnight. It's in Luke chapter 15, uh, 11 from 5 to 10. I'm just going to give you the story and then I'll read some things in there because we're almost running out of time. This man came to his friend and at midnight he went and he asked his friend, oh, I have visitors that have come to visit me. Please, I need some bread. I need just three loaves of bread. Please, please, he's knocking. And the friend says, you know what? I'm already in bed with my children. I'm not going to get up and give you anything. But that friend now said this. He says, I tell you, even though Jesus speaking says, I tell you, even though he will not, verse 8, even though he will not get up and give him anything just because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence and boldness. Because of his persistence and boldness, he will get, get up and give him what? Is it just three he's giving him? He's going to give him more. Whatever he needs, he will give him. So how do you knock in the spirit? How do you knock in the spirit? You knock in the spirit. Don't, that thing of saying, oh, I prayed one time. I don't want to pray it again by faith. No. You keep praying about it. You keep praying about it. That is what the Bible is talking about. Persistent prayer. Persistent fervent prayer. You cannot pray. Prayer this day for one week. You want God to do something for you. And the next month they ask you, what are you praying about? You forgot. And we do that. We do that a lot. We are very, when the need is hot and, and pressing, we pray and pray and pray. And then it doesn't happen in one week. Uh, God doesn't want it. No, you are not persistent enough. Stay on that point. You want your child back from being prodigal? How many, how, how do you pray for that child? Do you have scriptures? You pray morning, afternoon, night for that child? Do you travel in the spirit morning, afternoon, night for that child? If God tells you, okay, why should I save your child? Do you have scriptures? You can give it to him like that because the Bible says, God says, come, let us reason together. God is going to come and tell you, okay, why do you want me to save this wayward child? What do you, do you have the scripture at the back of your hand? And have you been on your knees for that child morning, afternoon, evening, like you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That is the persistence and the boldness. God, my child must come back to you. I am not going to heaven and my child goes to hell. You say it in the morning, the afternoon, God, I'm back again. My child is not going to hell and I'm in heaven. I'm not going to be raptured and my child stay behind. You must save my child. You come back in the evening again, God. Even Jesus talked about the widow. He said, because of her persistence, he said, you must give me what is due me. She kept going back to the judge. Over, they said the judge was wicked. God is not wicked. 
She went back and back and said, the judge said, this woman is going to wear me out. Please give her what she wants so she will leave me alone. God didn't tell you that to make you think that he won't do anything for you, that he's wicked. He's telling you if somebody who is wicked can do that, I love you. I just want to see that truly this means something to you. Stay on it. Stay on it. Stay on it. Tell yourself, anytime I put something in my mouth, I'm going to say a prayer for my, for my child. Stay on it. I'm thankful that this, the women in this church, we have decided, we have, we've taken that, that project on. The open doors of salvation is going to open over our children in 2024. We are calling all of our prodigals home. If you, don't, if you want to join us, we pray every Monday midnight. From 12 a.m. on Tuesday morning, rather. Believe me, Satan will leave our children alone. Hallelujah. So you have to keep knocking. That is what knocking is about. You have to knock and knock and knock and knock. Even Jesus himself. God, he knocks. He's persistent. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If you don't open it, he doesn't go away. He comes again. He knocks. You don't open it acting the fool. He doesn't go away. He comes back again. He knocks until one day you, you finally said, no, Holy Spirit, you won't leave me alone. I'm giving my life to the Lord. That's how we get saved because Jesus never gives up on us. The Holy Spirit doesn't give up on us. We need to have that same spirit of persistence. When you're praying for things, stay on it. Stay on it. Even if it takes a year, two years. Abraham stayed on it for 25 years. Moses, Moses stayed on it for how long? Noah stayed on it for 100 years building an ark. We can stay on it too. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Prayer and praise. You have the prayer one, which is what the persistent prayer. But then the third door, the way God opens doors, the force that opens the door, supernatural power. That is when you add praise to that prayer. When Peter was in prison, the Bible says that they, 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 put, they took James and they killed James. You all give me five minutes. I have to finish this. I don't want to hurry. I want to make sure I finish this. I want to make sure I finish this. It talked about when they put Peter in prison. First of all, they put him, they took James and they killed James. And the Bible says, the, Satan, and let me read that scripture. It's very important because God told me that is very, very important for me to bring out. In Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and 3 and 5. It says, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, uh, James the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further. That, that three words there he proceeded for that did something to me for days. You know what? If the enemy starts small and you don't do something, he will proceed further. So when he does one thing, don't say, oh, this is no big deal. No. Nip it at that time. If the enemy does something, don't give him room. Don't give him foothold. He killed one. They didn't do anything. He watched to see, are they going to pray? No, nobody did anything. He now said, oh, let's get the big fish. He now took Peter. Thank God the church finally woke up and started praying. But if they had prayed when he took James, the same angel that went and took Peter out of the prison would have gone and taken James out as well. 
In your family, in your business life, in anything you do, if the devil comes and touches one little space, you break his hand. Don't wait until he puts his whole fist in there. If he touches it with his finger, take that finger and break it. I wanted to say that before I move ahead. So that's what happened here. They finally decided to pray. And see what prayers did. They were praying as a church corporately. He went and opened the door. God sent an angel to open the door for Peter. And then it happened again, Paul and Silas. But this time we are not told it was the church. So prayer can open doors. Corporate prayer can open doors. But let me tell you what we, not only what we break that door, because there are some doors you pass, it will lock behind you again. And your children are coming behind you, they have to deal with that door again, God forbid. So there are some doors you want it uprooted from the foundation. And that's what Peter, uh, Paul and Silas did in Acts chapter 12. They were put in prison. They were chained down. Everything was down. They didn't say the church was praying for them this time. They said at midnight, the Bible tells us. At midnight, it was the same Paul and Silas. Not only were they praying, they were singing praises to God. So what door needs to be uprooted? He's telling us the way to get it done. You get the supernatural power of God to uproot any door when you praise God and you add prayer to it. Or rather when you pray and you add praise to it. Because the Bible says they prayed and then they praised. And it has to be your midnight hour. The darkest time of your life. When all you want to do is to stay in bed, cover yourself and cry. The darkest time of your life when you don't want to talk to anybody. That is the time you need to get up at 12 midnight in the spirit. And you need to tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to have a pity party. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to put blame. I'm going to get up and pray. And not only am I going to pray, I'm going to put some praise music myself. And I'm going to dance to the Lord. And as you're doing that, everything the Bible says, suddenly. It says, suddenly. See what prayer and praise together can do? That's the supernatural way for you to break, not only break door, to uproot any door. And believe me, sometimes, don't do it once. Or don't, it's not like you do it one time and say, Pastor Angela lied to me. No. Because God will try you. I'm talking about being a lifestyle. When things are going bad, instead of crying, well, we all cry. Cry. After you cried, wipe your eyes. And then get your scriptures. And then put your praise music on. All by yourself. Dance until you're sweating. If you're not sweating, don't stop. And I promise you, we'll see what the Lord will do. Because like I said, I don't want my children to deal with what is in my family. There are some things, there are some things that are in the foundation in my family. And the Bible says when the earthquake came, it uprooted the door from the foundation. That door cannot be put back again. So my child will not have to deal with alcoholism if it was in my family. My child will not have to deal with adultery if it was in my family. My child will not have to deal with low self-esteem if it was in my family because my prayer and my praise has uprooted that door and that door can never be put back again. Hallelujah! So next year, as we go into 2024, I want you to be mad in the spirit that any door the enemy has closed behind you or in front of you that he says you cannot go through, you have the, you can do it. I just showed you now doors in the Bible. 
that were uprooted, doors that were open. You can use a key. If the key is take, some principles take long to work, believe me. If that is too long, the knocking, you've been knocking for a long time. I just told you the trick to do. You get some scriptures. You stand on those scriptures and you add some praise to it. And I promise you, every door that the enemy has put against you, your family, your ancestral line, God is going to approve. God will rise himself and shake the foundation and approve that door. Amen? Amen? Stand on your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad God did not leave us, leave us without hope. I'm so thankful God did not leave us. He didn't just say, go, be saved, go, figure it out yourself. He gave us everything we need. The Bible says he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's right here it's for us to find it and to walk it. Those keys, those mysteries, those patterns, those principles, find them and walk them. Walk them. That's what we're going to be doing in 2024. Amen? Amen? Raise your hands with me and close your eyes. If you're here, you don't know Jesus, please, you cannot live without him. All you need to do is just say, Lord... I ask you into my life, I give up myself, and I ask you to come and fill all the empty spaces. Help me to live for you. Forgive me all my sins. That's it. You become a child of God. And if you're here and you're saying, Pastor Angela, the doors, the doors, the doors I want open over my life. Oh, I have so many doors I need open. I'm going to have you come here. Just come to the front. I'm very big on coming to the altar. So I'm probably going to have you always coming to the altar. Come up here and talk to the Lord yourself. He's your, he's your father. Come and hold on to the hands of the altar. If there are things you are needing God to do for you, you are saying, I need my breakthrough. I need my door to be open. Satan, take your hands off my door. Come to him this morning. He's able to open any door for you. I've told you now what you need to do. Go get your scriptures. Go start knocking, knocking, knocking. Don't stop. Don't you stop. And when you're tired of that, get some praise and add it to it. Dance yourself in front of the Lord. Put yourself in front of Him and say, Lord, I am going to get this door open. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it takes. I'm going through stuff too in my own life right now. That I'm saying, God, this door must open. This door must open. This door must open in the name of Jesus. This door must open. Oh, this door must open. I will not be a beggar. The door of finances must open. I won't be able to be a financier of the kingdom of God. This door must open. Father God, my children must come to serve you. This door must open. Father, my marriage must be restored. This door must open. Oh, shut the I need my life partner. I need my spouse. This door must open. Oh, my health. My health. My health. This door must open. Oh, Yashanderebo Konde Yaraba. Monderebo Sheketenderebo. Erebo Shanderebo Kanderebo. Talk to him. 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 He wants to open the door for you. He wants to open the door for you. He wants to open the door 
When I open up my cashot, when I open up my cashot, He's opening it for you right now. He's opening it for you right now. Continue to show us who you are. You are going to continue to show yourself strong on our behalf. And to you be all the praise. And to you be all the glory, my God. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen. You have a 